Want to welcome everybody to Iowa Post Game with former Iowa basketball star Kashin Alexander. Before we get started, as we recap Iowa's loss on the road at Ohio State, want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, Brad Van Meter, and his State Farm team down in Des Moines. See how Brad and his team can help you save money on all your insurance needs, whether it be renter's insurance, home insurance of any type, really, life insurance, auto insurance, and the like. Give them a call, 515 515- 256-6480. That's 515-256-6480. You can also visit his team online at bradvanmeter.com. Plus Iowa Smokehouse. And uh, make sure your snacking needs are tended to on game day, especially as we are in the midst of a very busy college basketball season and the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl right around the corner. Looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday. Use the code Hawkeyes at iowasmokehouse.com. That's the code Hawkeyes at iowasmokehouse.com. Appreciate Iowa Smokehouse being a part of our post-game coverage. All right. Well, I am joined by former Iowa women's basketball star, Kasheen Alexander. Kasheen, welcome back here. It's uh, great to see you again. I wish it was under better circumstances. So, this is uh, true. I, I know a lot of people are in the chat already uh, providing their two cents. You and I chatted for just a couple of minutes before going live here, but the Hawkeyes falling 192 in overtime. Before we get started on on what happened and how we came to this conclusion, I do know there's a video kind of going viral right now uh, of Caitlin Clark following the game. Um, it appears that what I believe to be an Ohio State fan, um, as the crowd and the students are rushing the court, an Ohio State fan ran into Caitlin Clark, who was running in the opposite direction. Both individuals hit the floor. Um, the Ohio State fan bounced right back up. Caitlin Clark did not. And there are a few seconds left in the video of the clip that's circulating on Twitter that shows her being tended to on the floor. So um, we'll wait to get an update. Hopefully somebody can provide an update on Lisa Blue, uh, Lisa Bluter's postgame. I'm assuming she'll comment on that. Uh, we don't have Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com with us today like we have with the men's game. So we'll try to get an update on that. Um, obviously, that's going to spark a conversation of that we have so many times in the past on the men's side, Kashin, and not as often in the women's game, but should fans be allowed to storm the court and universities and conferences have tried to keep that from happening. And honestly, it's just for not, I don't know how you keep people from doing it. And I know some Iowa fans are going to be upset, especially if Caitlin is seriously hurt and we sure hope she's not just your thoughts. I know it was a, it's a different generation, different era of, the women's game now than when you were around a little over a decade ago, but just your thoughts on that incident and fans rushing the court. Um, I think it's really unfortunate, uh, especially for Caitlin, because she was really just trying to get off the court. Um, I think that it's going to be very hard <laughs> to stop fans from rushing the court. Um, I think that when a game like this happens, um, there has to be some kind of meeting, some kind of arrangement with the event staff in regards to making sure that the opposing team or whoever it is that needs to get off the court gets off the court in a safe manner. Um, it's what it seemed like to me is that Iowa was just kind of walking off the court. This guy came in late, should I say, and just ran smack into Caitlin. But again, my thing is there needs to be some kind of like funneling, some kind of line. Some, there has to be something. It can't just be a free-for-all and just hope you get out of there. Um, like I said, it's unfortunate. I don't think 
that it's anything serious, but that I'm that looked like it hurt for sure. Um, Caitlin has been hit harder, um, but it's still the fact that she wasn't expecting it either. She was just trying to get off the court, and like I said, it's really unfortunate. But I don't think any mali anything malicious was intent like that. Um, I will say this. There, I don't. I couldn't see exactly what Ohio State player it was, but there was an Ohio State player who saw what happened and left the huddle or the the mayhem to come check on Clark. Now that is something that not many people I feel like would do. <laughs> they would just let everybody handle it, and I to me that is that's the kind of players you need around. Um, so I want to give a shout out to whoever that was because I don't think many people would have done that, honestly. And I've watched this several times here, and and I'm shout out to uh, our good friend Kyle, who uh, is a part of the show at times, and, and he made the comment, and I, I disagree with Kyle. I'll be quite honest. I think Kyle's okay with me saying that. Um, he used the term classless. I oh, I don't think it was that around all the time. <laughs> I know, but Kashin, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's anything malicious about what happened. It was an no. inadvertent hit. Um. Mm. And Clark was actually like running full speed to get out of the mess and right. just kind of a blindside hit. So, and if you notice the guy, he has his like phone camera up. So he's looking up, trying to get the, the, the mayhem, I guess, in front of him and not really looking at what's directly in front of him. So he didn't even see Clark and she didn't see him, which is hence why they just collided. And that was that, but that's why I said it wasn't really malicious. If he was just like running with nothing and he clearly, you saw her cause of the angle, but you could see his phones up. He's looking at his phone, trying to get all the, of course, you know, the world and TikTok and Twitter and everything needs to be on social media. He's looking and then bam. Um, but I'm glad that, like I said, I'm very happy. I think somebody said they saw that Caitlin was okay and the Ohio State AD came to apologize. Thank God for that because averting disaster. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, Now, one thing Kyle did say is that uh, he's hearing that she had to be helped off the court and was in a lot of pain. Now, I don't know where he's getting that information. I will say this. I'm looking at this video and trying to zoom in. I think it was actually a woman that ran into her. Just, just for the oh. record, based on the video... Um, or a man with very long hair. <laughs> I believe okay. that longer hair. She bounced right back up. I mean, the person bounced back right, right back yeah, up. Surprise to me. But um, absolutely. Uh, it's good news. Here's the good part of this. Very physical game, very long game, because you play an extra yes. period. And now they get some time off before you go yeah. play Nebraska on the road. So let's transition a little bit to the basketball side of this before we start taking calls. And I will post the... Uh, the link in the chat, if anybody wants to hop on, ask Kashin or I a question, uh, it's in the description. I'll also throw it up in the live chat. But uh, Kashin, Iowa had this game somewhat under control, four or five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You're up 12 on the road, and it felt like they were kind of going to cruise there. And then you give up an 8 nothing run, and Ohio State works themselves back into the game. Just talk, to, just talk a little bit about what went wrong in that fourth quarter. I felt like it was sloppy play, some missed free throws, some turnovers, and it just uh, paired with poor defense. Yeah, see, I think I might – I don't know if I was the only one and everybody speak up, but I was on edge the whole time. I was never comfortable. One, because I, I felt like we were holding on. Even though like we were up 12, it was just the way we were playing made me nervous, especially defensively. Offensively, we were scoring the ball, but sometimes the ball can get stuck. And when I say that, I mean, like, we could get cold real fast. 
That's a fact. But defensively, if you're not up to par defensively from start to finish, there's always that chance. And that's why I was on edge. <laughs> it's like, I feel like we're holding on. I kept saying like, okay, we got a little bit more to go, but I just, I was never comfortable because our defense was not there. Um, and I, if anybody was here last time, I said that if we were going to have trouble, it was going to be at that four position. Um, Cody McMahon is a physical athletic four and we didn't have an answer for her. We did not have an answer for her. And I think that that kind of got other people going, right? Sheldon didn't start off well, but then she started hitting from three. That's great. And then she, you know, she does what she does, runs the floor and gets some easy, easy layups. But if before the game, we said that we would have no Kate Martin. She was off today. Gabby Marshall was off today. And we lost in overtime by less than 10 points. I think everybody would be like, well, how did we do that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, did Caitlin score 60? Like, because the, in, in retrospect, when you think about it, we didn't have a – except for Molly. We didn't have somebody else. We didn't have that firepower. Kate is our glue. If we don't have Kate, we struggle. And as far as like, like on the defensive end, right? Like she gets us going. She glues us. She gets rebounds. She's tough. She's physical. And I'm not sure what was going on. I know somebody said something about flu or something like that. Um, but you could see it that we were going to struggle defensively. And thank God our shots were hitting. Because could you imagine if we were if we shot 30 percent or 35 percent from the field, it would have been terrible. Well, that's what makes Iowa so hard to beat in general, right, Kashin? Because you mentioned yeah. it. Kate wasn't making shots. Gabby wasn't making shots. Now, Molly was really efficient from the floor. In fact, that was one of my questions I want to ask was. you. How do you give her more shots? And maybe maybe that's not a fair question, but she was six to seven. Fan. I love but Molly. Gabby and Kate <laughs> were combined, uh, what, two of seven from three. But Caitlin Clark, I'll say this, uh, 45 points on only 25 attempts. Now, she took some rush threes at the end, and there's a comment yeah. here that I think uh, is fair to address. Italicus says, what a good game, but uh, CeCe cost him at the end with the deep three-point attempts. The commentators made a comment about her you know, legs just late in the game. Yeah. Did you feel like those were a little rushed? Um, I did, um, but you know, I always have to reiterate things that I say, right? Um, last time I talked about how when Gabby and our counterparts right, are playing with confidence and are hitting, it takes the pressure off for Caitlin because she doesn't feel like she has to do as much. But with Kate, nowhere to be found. And then Gabby, not really there offensively either. Who is she supposed to go to in her mind, right? Because Molly isn't someone you have to go to. Molly is going to get her points regardless of what's going on. She is going to find ways to get to the basket. She's going to find ways to put the ball in the hole, right? But at the end of the day, who else is there to take those shots. Who else is there for Caitlin to pass to? How many wide open threes did Kate miss? <laughs> like, so, and again, it, it's not her day. I am not here to brag on anybody, right? But it's not her day. And Kate and um Caitlin knew that. <laughs> so when that happens and it's time to play, Caitlin fe felt like she had to make something happen. And whenever you feel like you have to make something happen, usually it's not a good decision. Because you're forcing something, you're rushing something, you're not letting the game come to you, come to you. 
And that's where we were talking about last time, how important everybody on the team is not just for, you know, the, the sake of the team, but also for the sake of Caitlin. <laughs> she has a lot on her in general. That's going to happen every game, but it eases her mind when she knows that if she gets stuck, she could kick it to Kate and something going to happen. She could kick it to Gabby and she going to hit it. It's helpful when that happens. Unfortunately, it was not our night. And I'll be honest, the, the three from Kate Martin in the final minute was wide open. And that's one of the things where you're, you're looking at that shot attempt and you're thinking, okay, we want Caitlin taking the shot, but if you were to tell me that we had a wide open three for Kate Martin in the final minute to basically seal the deal, not to say that it was over, you're kind of wincing. Did you not like that shot? No, I thought it was fantastic. That's the thing. It was like, it was beautiful ball movement. And I was like, right in that moment, as soon as she took it, I was like, beautiful. And I was like, shh. <laughs> because I knew that she was not like there. You get what I'm saying? On a normal occasion, she's knocking that down. Like I'm feeling a hundred percent confident, but it was beautiful basketball. That's how it's supposed to be played. That's exactly how Lisa Bluter wants her offense run, but it, it just wasn't our night. Before we uh, get more into this and I got a couple of follow-ups for uh, Kashin. Yeah. I want to get to our uh, first Iowa smokehouse caller. We've got James back on the line. James, welcome. Hey, so the big question I had was, I don't know if you noticed the second half. I felt like the second quarter, it's weird quarters, you know, from men's to men, men's to uh, women's. I'm not used to saying quarters because, you know, they're different in both, <laughs> which I think is something that's dumb, but that's just my point. But anyways, I felt like we stayed in the zone too long. I felt like I was giving way too many open threes and we stayed in the zone way too long. I felt like we should have switched back to man. I don't understand why we were in the zone so long. Well, they went back, um, they get back to man late in overtime, Kashin. Yeah, so we actually were talking about this. Um, I think Bluter was trying to save our fouls, trouble. Um, but in doing so, we also let Cody Man McMahon loose. Because in the zone, it's very hard to box out. Because you don't have a specific person to box out. Right. So somebody who is that good at rebounding, right, has to have a body on them at all times. But in the zone, that's not the case. You have to just find somebody. And by the time we look, she's already in position. And but then now, give, go ahead. My, my bad. I say also give up a lot of open threes, too, especially in the second quarter. I felt like you give them a lot of open threes that probably wouldn't have been there if we That corner them, was killing us. Yeah. <laughs> that deep corner back there, I don't know what was going on or who was not supposed to be in their assignments. But the back corner, you're absolutely right. We did let up quite a bit of, when I say open threes, it was like nobody was there. Um, but yeah, we let Cody kind of get loose in the zone, which upped her confidence. Um, and then obviously we let some open shots go because we're all division one basketball players. So at the end of the day, an open shot, you should be making at least 40% of the time. And that's still a pretty high clip. And yeah, she, for sure. I, that, that was most of my I'm big point. Fourth quarter, I said that zone is getting carved up and mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about zone defense, and I made the comment to you. I said, isn't part of the zone uh, designed to create um, kind of a wall from getting the ball in, inside? And, you know, obviously you don't want to uh, allow the ball into the high post or, you know, certainly don't want to allow it to the baseline. And to me, they just were kind of – Ohio State was able to get the ball where they wanted, when they wanted. Right. Uh, to me, it looks – I mean, I, I, I attribute this loss primarily on the defensive end. and. I'm not saying yes. it's uh, 
certainly Kate Martin had a, an opportunity. That's what is impressive about this team is they had opportunities in spite of the horrendous defense, in spite of Kate Martin's struggles, in spite of the foul trouble to still win. But when all that goes against you, it's going to be hard. And Caitlin Clark played really well. And what I appreciated about Caitlin down the stretch is I think she really recognized, especially early in that fourth quarter, that, hey, they're, Ohio State was playing her kind of like you recommended teams play her, Kasheen. Like, take away the step back. But what's she going to do? She's She's got the moves to be able to drive and get to the rim. And she's getting to the free throw line, and she was doing what she needed to do. I just have a hard time looking at anything offensively, even though she forced some shots, and yeah, Kate missed some shots. Give up 100, even in overtime, it's just hard to win that way. It's hard. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One thing, too, I kind of thought, and I don't think this would stop her, obviously, because McMahon or whatever her name was, I think it's her name. She was obviously playing really well. But one, the girl I felt like played the best on her, was O'Grady today at least. Like I feel like O'Grady at least kind of stood that ground. And I feel like it took forever to put her back in in the second half. And I feel like that might have kind of gave us a little bit more momentum too. I feel like she obviously I'm not, I know on the offensive side she doesn't give you as much as like other people, but I feel like she at least played the best defense on her when she was in there in the first half. And I felt like it took forever to go back to her in the second half. And they finally realized that. And I think it was a little too late when they realized like, oh well, she's playing the best defense and they didn't switch it till way too late in my opinion at least i don't know if that was something y'all you guys saw but i think addison had a fantastic game i'm gonna be honest with you i think she provided us with uh, an option offensively i felt like defensively like you said she stood her ground i think that um bluter has got comfortable with her rotations right and sometimes it's hard because you have your how many years has kate been there five six yeah Right, so like she's been there for a long time, and I'm not against Coach Bluter going this route, but because I, I know that that's what happens is you put your trust in your veterans, and she was hoping that Kate would get herself out of it, right? She would hope that she would get out of the rut and start being the Kate that we know and love, etc. And doing that, Kate has is playing the four, technically speaking, right? So with that being said, you only have one more spot. And I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm taking O'Grady over Hannah because that just gives us a whole different look. Yeah, you know, no, we're I, running, we're looking, we're doing all of that. So with that lineup, you don't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah. So now, should she have, looking back at it, probably tried the two post lineup? I would have tried it. <laughs> That's just me because you don't, what is that? You don't know what that looks like. They probably haven't even prepared for it, you know, like, but I also don't know. If Iowa has tried that in practice, have they yeah. looked at Hannah at the four and O'Grady at the five, Kate at the three, Molly at the two, or how whatever? I don't know how they do that, but how could, how could you not? When we've talked about Hannah Stolke, she played the four, four a lot last year, and O'Grady and uh, Goodman. You're telling me that you there's a possibility they would never potentially run Goodman slash O'Grady on the court at the same time as Stolke. That didn't make any sense. I wouldn't say that they haven't tried it, right? But I don't think that it's to the point of They're comfortable. comfortability. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's something they really need to look at, right? Because we're going to continue to get exposed every time a team has a very good four. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, my my thinking on this, and this is not going to make – people who want to be positive and see the, the half glass full approach on this very happy. I don't think they're comfortable with that because I don't think they have much comfortability with either of those fives. 
And O'Grady yeah, scored a little bit today at times, but she also had some point blank misses. Um, she doesn't have real strong hands. Mm-hmm. I don't really think she's real great defensively. Neither of those bigs really shoot free throws all that well. Neither of them can stretch the floor. Neither of them really score with their back of the basket. I made the comment prior to the show starting, maybe figure out a way to get A.J. Ettinger mixed in, acclimated a little bit to actual play just because we saw late against Wisconsin, she scored with her back to the basket. And it's like, okay, we haven't seen that since Monica a year ago. And um, so I don't know. that that's. But those are fair points, James, and I – I would echo what Kashin said. The matchup wise in the tournament, hopefully you learn from this, but you're going to have to adjust from a physicality standpoint. Yeah. Ohio so brings it physically. That's something that the coach too. It's like obviously we all love Booter, we all love Fran, but I mean, maybe everybody. I don't know about. I know everybody loves Booter. I don't know about Fran as much. I mean, I do, but I know some other people might not. But in general, it's like sometimes you have to change your lineup. So just because you have the same lineup every time doesn't mean it's always going to work, and you have to be willing to adapt and change sometimes. And even. If you don't want to go that way, sometimes it's like good maybe to have her play a couple more minutes just because she was stopping it a little bit. Maybe she gets one or two more stops, and those one or two more stops help you win the game, if that makes sense. And I think that's something that you kind of look at where it's like, okay, maybe we do need to change it just a little bit because you like you just never know one or two stops, especially in a game like this where I went to overtime, one or two more stops could have won you the game. Like you got one or two more stops. So sometimes it's just something you have to think, think about. And the foul trouble did hurt us a little bit, but that's part of basketball. You know, you just deal with that and move on. So. Sure. They were in foul trouble too, so that's not an yeah. excuse. Yeah, that's why I say you just move on about it. You just have to do what you have to do about that. You can't really, you can't really, you don't worry about the refs. You got to make shots. If you make shots, the refs don't matter as much. And so that's all you can do and just keep moving on and moving forward. Um, I appreciate Kyle uh, sending me this. So this is BR uh, Shuff. I don't know who this is, Kyle, but apparently, again, this is reporting off of a Twitter post. Jan Jensen was quoted uh, post game as saying that five to seven people on the team had food poisoning slash the flu. That's they also said Caitlin also did her post game conference and she said she's fine. She's got the wind knocked out of her. Okay, but she, good. But that she, makes fine. Sense. she said that's that's how she was feeling. She said she was good. She's got the wind yeah. knocked out of her. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, called James. Yeah. Maybe that would that explain some of our lethargicness? Probably. <laughs> not gonna lie and it has happened to more teams than i can count you all eat the same stuff from the same place so <laughs> um when you're doing your feet eating as a team so yeah i've seen that happen before where a couple of people have gotten food poisoning before a game so i've seen it matt bay that fan better be banned i think we're maybe going a little too far there when you have hundreds of people swarming the court Total freak accident. In the fans' defense, Caitlin probably should not have been running. I know this is going to be the un- unpopular opinion, but when you have fans running, like people running at each other, that's not going to end well. <laughs> and you have to know. I mean, I know you're trying to get off the court, but you have to know that people are running full force out to have court. So is what it is. And you know I, I wish the You know what's interesting? Caitlin Clark usually has police with her everywhere she goes. So for the first time ever, she ain't got one. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> where, where were you? Like, <laughs> she literally has a police officer behind her every single game. No matter where she goes, it's like a shadow. What? I don't, I'm, the, they storm the court and the police is nowhere to be found. I just don't understand where, how that happens. But you know what? Where hey, was, the, okay. was there police in that video at all? 
Just after the fact, after she got knocked down, everybody came running. But I just, I, I, usually... oh. yeah, I see the police there. You're right, though. There's a cop who is uh, <laughs> tailing her, but he's about 15 feet off of her. That so, doesn't help anything. No, offense, right, but if a fan was coming for, with a malicious intent, you can't do nothing 15 feet behind her. But I think he, she, so what I'm just I'm not going to show the video, but if, if anybody's seen the video on social media, the fan is kind of toward the group of uh, people near center court. So maybe, I mean, I don't know what these, I'm assuming he's Iowa city police. <laughs> I guess we could reach out for a statement from Iowa city PD, but uh, no, um, it's there. They usually, wherever you go, the police there? provide somebody from okay. there. All Same right. thing with, they follow Lisa Bluter everywhere she goes. Lisa Bluter always has one. Oh, all head coaches have one. Let me just say that. Now this is, I've never seen a player have one, but we've never had a Caitlin Clark either. So, but Caitlin Clark also has one. So it's kind of like, well, what, what were you doing? <laughs> yep. So, but I'm just happy that she's, she's fine. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, want to real quickly, before we get to our next caller, want to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, RTI threads. They of course have a, a lot of different NIL lines. And if you're looking to support uh, the NIL cause for Iowa athletes, a great way to do that is support RTI Threads. Uh, of course, they have apparel lines for Cooper DeGene, who's headed to the NFL, Carson Shire, Aiden Hall, Zach Lutmer, Aaron Graves, and more. They're working with baseball here coming up very soon as well. Marty Millard and the boys over at RTI in North Sioux City. Check it all out, rtithreads.com. Cooper DeGene's apparel line still up. CD3 laces up.com. And as you saw me flash across the board, I don't know how you go anywhere else other than Caitlin Clark for our player of the game. 45 points on just 25 shots. That's what was impressive yeah, to you. me. Um, she was really efficient when she got inside. I thought maybe a couple of times she settled, but again, so much is placed on her, especially when Gabby Marshall's not producing from outside. Um, you know, if, if Molly Davis doesn't hit her six shots, you know, where are you? So, uh, you know, credit to to Molly for for really helping the cause offensively. And she has just been, I think, so much better over the last month. Um, with her level of aggression and her comfortability. She puts up shots from all, I mean, she's got all the shots, all the angles, uh, floaters, teardrops, you know, like a kind of a mini, mini hook shot inside. She's, she's got it all. And how about the, I thought one of the more underrated plays of the game was the Caitlin Clark shot over her head when she kind of got pinned down <laughs> yeah. there next to the, the backboard. That's a hard shot to make. It is. It is. Yeah. I would like to see, I think, like I said, I think Caitlin had a great game. I would like to see her when your driving is working, stick with it. Yeah. Like I know Caitlin loves to shoot the basketball and I'm, I know everybody loves to watch her shoot the basketball, but I'm more so like seven of 18. Could we have driven a little bit more yep. and kind of gotten in the paint more because she was having her way in the paint. Nobody was stopping her. Everybody was in foul trouble. <laughs> Nobody, everybody that was guarding her was in foul trouble. So she was putting everybody in foul trouble. So continue doing that. Put them on the bench. <laughs> so now they can't, they don't have any choice but to play these backups and do. Then you can do whatever you want to do at that point. But I feel like sometimes that's my only gripe with Caitlin is seven of fourteen. You know, like I'm good with that. Those extra four could be buckets, fouls, free throws, something else. 
And I feel like that's the one thing I would like to see a little bit more out of her. I will say uh, I mentioned earlier that the announcers brought up, you know, potentially weary legs late in the game. Uh, you know, you're playing a, yeah. basically five periods. And I wonder if that didn't affect some of those late jacks sure. from deep. Because, 100%. You know, it's going to affect your shot. You're more, I, I mean, right? You, you've you played at this level. 100%. More, I don't care who you are. 100%. It's affecting your shot. <laughs> yes. And and you don't want to drive, you know. You're you're more likely to want to settle than work yes. to, to get work with your legs to get inside and score. So, but yeah. uh, well, I gave Ohio State credit for how they played her. I mean, for they sure. threw a lot of different people at her. What did you think of the officiating today, Kashin? Because I know there's a lot of controversy about it. I thought it was well. No, you go ahead and express your opinion. I'll give you mine. <laughs> I thought it was horrible all the way around, like on both sides. It just it it was. You know what? Even the, the the craziest call I feel like I've seen ever might have been when Kate Martin shot it <laughs> and it went out of bounds and they called it our ball. I was like, yeah, yeah, both it, ways. Both there ways were just ways. things on both sides. Like I don't understand where we're getting these calls from. But on the flip side of things, it was on both ends. It was not just one side. They were calling things. I mean, amount of fouls that were being called were crazy. Majority of those times you let those go. Like what? This is not, this is not, this not, that doesn't affect the game for me unless it's like on a shot or something like that. Like these kids are busting their butts. They are trying to get, you know, whether it's a loose ball or something else. I just felt like it slowed the game down. It was very tough to watch because I felt like the referees were just involved entirely too much. It was not about you. We didn't come here to see you. We did not come here to see you. <laughs> well, no, you I didn't. The, I you, you brought up the, uh, the play that was called Iowa ball. It was clearly off of Cape Martin. Right. Um, but the very next play, the very next play. And I, it's amazing how much this happens. And when I watch the NBA, it happens. When I watch college, it happens. <laughs> How often do you see a blatant makeup call on the very next play? It happens all the time. Like, like why, why are we doing this? Why, why are we doing this? Because it's so obvious. And people, that's why we have the term makeup call. And there was a clear flop, should have been called a flop on the very next yes. play. And so, but, but you're right about this. Bad both ways, 47 combined fouls called in this game. 47. Oh that's so. just, it's like, there's no flow. Like, it's just foul, 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 foul. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. And I, I'm not putting a ton of things on refs because I know everybody has all their, whatever they want to say about referees, because that's a hard job to try to manage a game of that high intensity and figuring out what to call, when to call, because at the end of the day, you can call something every possession, right? You can call something every single possession. But understanding the flow of the game, understanding what should be called in the game, et cetera, you just it, it's a hard job to do. I don't want to be that. Um, those refs, but I just felt like it was way too many, like way too many um, for this kind of game. It was going to be very physical. It was going to be high energy, high intensity. So you're going to have those. We, I don't think they did a good job of managing the game. That's yeah, the word I'm going to use, agree. managing. 
Do you think there's anything to be said, and maybe I'm reading way too far into the dynamic that Caitlin Clark and this Iowa team have brought to the game, but you hear about, you know, they're selling out every home game. They're on the road playing against these teams that now are selling out their arenas because of the Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. and Iowa effect. Is there anything to be said, Kashin, for maybe that affecting officials where these women's basketball officials are not used to this type of an environment? You know, I never thought about that, Corey. Professionals. That's a good take. Huh. Like it you should be. Right? They're, human. They're human. Just like just like, you know, teams, you see, you know how they always say the bright lights, when the bright lights are on, it kind of I feel like it should it's probably the same for the refs, if I'm being honest. You're on national television on the sold out arena. Everybody's talking about it. And I'm 100% sure, I don't know if everybody knows this, but refs have bosses. They have people that review their film. They have people that that grade them, rate them, the whole nine. So just like this is the same for players, I would assume it's the same for these refs. Because at the end of the day, they will get graded on this. And it will potentially (laughs) have effects on further jobs that they get. Yep. So I would assume, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that, Corey. Kudos. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wow. I got a, yeah, I, I got a hand right. clap. From, I got a hand you clap. You did. That's, you're right. So I'll, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go back to our call in line. We've got. Uh, let's All see. right. Yeah. Cause they, they, they cussing us out over here, Corey, because we ain't answering their phone calls. <laughs> Caller, are you cussing us out? Oh, am I on? Yeah, you're on. Yes, you're not ma'am. I'm sorry. I'm watching you on the big screen, and and you're behind. You're there's a d- delay on the big yes, screen. Yes, there's so a I'm delay. Sorry. Yep. Okay, so this is Chris from Wyoming. Hey, Chris. And um, pretty much uh, the stuff that I was going to say, Kashin is covered. Hi, Kashin. Um, Hi. <laughs> I um, <laughs> the game for me was so frustrating to watch from the very beginning. And I thought these refs, these officials are overly involved. And mm-hmm. it, it disrupted my uh, uh, pleasure watching the game. And I felt like it was disrupting the flow of the game from the very beginning. It just threw people off. And then, um, so that, that was my opinion. And I, I mean, does it, did, do you think it affected the players that way? Or was it just me on the couch? I'm sure it affected them, if we're being honest, um, because yeah. you can't get a rhythm. It's like you don't know what the refs are going to call. You don't know. You know, like usually at the beginning of a game, you kind of have an idea of how this is going to go, <laughs> right? You kind of have an idea of are they going to call it tight? Are they going to let us play, et cetera. It was like so up and down where blatant foul calls weren't called. And then it's like a little ticky-tack foul was called. As a player, you can't, you don't know how to play. Like, can I be aggressive? Should I not be aggressive? What's a foul? What's not a foul? So, yeah, it does affect the players for sure. Because it just seemed like the play just kept being interrupted, you know. So so that was frustrating. Um, And then I'm glad that uh, to have the insight into our players being ill because I'm looking at Hannah Stalky, she looked terrible. I mean, uh, like like her head wasn't really in the game at all, you know. So, so that was good to know. Um, but otherwise, I I felt like um, 
that I agree with Kashin that Caitlin should have taken it to the to the hoop instead of taking those outside shots because she was having success there and getting herself to the line. So it was kind of frustrating. It, even though she scored 45 points, you know, yeah, taking those uh, rush three pointers it, it, towards the end didn't help um, our cause. So, you know, they're going to learn a lot from this game. I have a feeling. <laughs> so, oh, um, sure. yeah. Well, th- this but, is one uh, of the two or three. This is one of the two or three toughest games on the schedule. Let's remember that. Yeah. Right. Um, they yes. do play at yes. Indiana. That will be a difficult game. I think Ohio State's better than Indiana. And maybe that's just recency bias based on watching these last two performances against Iowa. But um, let's see what what are the other? I mean, what game left on the schedule is going to be as tough as this game? Maybe that game at Indiana. Um, they play at Maryland. Okay. Who's the dark horse? I have a dark horse. Mm-hmm. At Oh, at Nebraska will be tough. Well, and that's the next Nebraska game. Nebraska don't like us, number one. So, and those fans are going to be wow, in yeah. full force. So, Nebraska, I am not looking forward to. But the out. next game is, is at Nebraska. Is that what you're saying? I've got the yes. schedule. No, no, no. Okay. It's, yeah. yeah. we got a little time. Yeah, it's, it's next Saturday. Next Saturday in Lincoln. Yeah, actually, okay, yeah, that'll Chris, be tough. Chris, are you going to that game? No, I, I live too far away. I'm um it's uh about a ten hour drive from where I am, so it's too from far. To Lincoln, Nebraska? Yeah. I thought you were in Wyoming. Yes. I am. You're telling but me it's, it's ten hours to get to where about whereabouts in wait a Wyoming minute. are maybe you? it's maybe it's nine hours. I am um four hours north of um Denver. So I have to get down on 80 and drive across Nebraska. So (laughs) it's a a ways. For me to get to Iowa City is a 14-hour drive. Okay. Yeah, I'm far away. Um, So you're near, are you near like Iron Mountain then or? Oh, I'm out on the plains. I'm near, I'm an hour and a half from uh, uh, the Black Hills. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, so that's the time. So yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to go, but um, uh, that's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Family stuff going on. So um, I guess I really don't have anything to say other than um, to uh, say to Kashin, everything you uh, expressed was what I was thinking on the couch. So I'd love to watch a game with you sometime. <laughs> You need to be doing this then. We need to switch positions then. So, because you you right on with no, me no, then. No, no, no. I'm not an expert. I'm just a Hawk fan. Although I have been watching more uh, uh, of the women's teams uh, when they're playing on on television, so I get get a better understanding of uh, what's going on across the nation. So I want to watch the uh, UCLA Colorado game if I can. See what's mm. going to happen there. But because uh, I think we're so much better than Colorado, and that uh, uh, so I want to see what UCLA does to them. But anyway, well, Chris, appreciate so, you calling in as always. Stay safe out in the the uh, Big West. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and I look forward to Kashin coming on again. Okay, and that's it. You're not a fine host. 
I, you know, you know, I love your show. So anyway, thank you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) No offense taken. Thank you. No, I, uh, I appreciate that. And Kashina, I'm glad you were able to make this work today. Um, we, we got you on a really happy day last Saturday and you know, Mm -hmm. reality is you're probably not going to run the table in this conference. Um, had they won today, had they won today, I was going to ask you, Hey, should we start talking about potentially running the table from here on? Um, and would I be shocked if they ran the table from here on? No, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that'd be pretty insane to go 19 and one or whatever. Is it so 20 conference games? The 20? You'd be shocked if they went 19 and one. Okay. It's the big 10. They, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is on any given night. Not to mention, Penn State is about to be a whole new team with what's her name, Ashley Awusu. It's it's not. If we ran the table, I would be completely shocked because I know the Big Ten. I know that on any given night, it could not be your night, and it's going to happen. On top of that, being that you have Caitlin Clark and everybody's gunning for you. On top of that. So every night people are trying to bring their best. We still have to go to Indiana. We still have to go to Maryland. We still have to go to Nebraska. (laughs) There's so so much room, should I say, for that. So for me, I would be shocked. I sure would. I would be very happy. (laughs) But I would be shocked if we did. And they play that same Ohio State. Champion is probably going to have three, four losses. And they get Ohio State on March 3rd to finish the season back at home. So, you know, that's obviously a matchup they'll be gunning for, but yeah, uh, they struggled with today. So, um, all right, let's go back to our phone line. We've got uh, Ben on hold. Ben, welcome. Hey, Corey. Um, I just wanted to just, uh, say that I feel like, uh, like I've said, Stolke is, I feel like she doesn't have a lot of confidence right now. Well, it, it might be she's just sick. I, I don't know that, but if, yeah. if she's got the flu, that's a possibility. Um, you, Kashin, you talked a little bit about Hannah's play, and I know you made the comment during the game that Kate and Hannah were not giving Iowa a whole lot. Um, but if seven to eight players have been dealing with food poisoning, that can change. I mean, it changes how you feel. It's going to change how you play, right? It's going to change your energy. It's going to change a lot of things. Um, as far as like what you can give out, um, it, if, like I said, if that is the case now, if Jan Jensen said that, it's the case. <laughs> um, if there's one thing I know about her, she does not make excuses for anything. Um, so, with that being said, yes, I do think that we need to do a better job of using Hannah in the right places. Hannah is not a back to the basket kind of girl. So, why is she there? Like, I just feel like you're putting her up against people who for what put her in the high post use her in the short corner let her use her athleticism against these bigger post players to her advantage that's all i'm saying um use her in more outside work you know bring that big post player out of there Hannah can cut down she can use her athleticism i just feel like we're not using hannah to her ability and at the end of the day, if she's out on the perimeter and then she comes sprinting to set a screen for Caitlin, that post player, if they decide to sit in the paint, is not going to be able to adjust fast enough to guard Caitlin off the screen. I just feel like we're not using her 
to her advantage. Um, and because of that, she's going, what was she, 4 of 14 today? 4 of 12? Because she's trying to do post moves against, I'm not even going to attempt to say that post player's name. But the post player from Ohio State, I, I just feel like, why? Use her in the short corner. Let her catch in the short corner. Go to work like Cody Cody McMahon did. You know, like, use her in those situations, in the high posts, things like that. I just feel like we're not using her to her full strength which is probably why she's not producing as much because you could take any good player and if you put them in a bad situation or if you put them not where they will excel, that's what you're going to see. Yeah, and I I felt like that, like, we got out-rebounded too today. I mean, I don't know how many rebounds, but I felt like every time, like, uh, Ohio State missed a shot, we just could not get a rebound and and, then – the disparity yeah, was not that. as as big as it maybe yeah. felt. It was forty one thirty seven. By the way, yeah. uh, uh, you're talking about Miku Lasikova, right? For Ohio yeah, State, I mean. <laughs> and she she can pull it from outside. She made a big three late to kind of yeah. uh, seal the deal. Um, that's another thing that I was missing from post play. They don't have someone like we've seen Hannah Stolke step out and make a couple of threes this year, but in general. I mean, Iowa's post play is very one dimensional right now. So, yeah. Just give her some more options. That's all. Where she doesn't have to post up with her back to the basket and feel like she has to make something happen. Hannah is not a five, she's a four. So, if we're going to play her at the fives, you could still use her like a four offensively. Yeah. And I, I rather feel like that, like, oh, oh, Grady should be at the five and um, Stokey should be at the four. I feel like that, that should, those two should be starting together. But, well, pre- appreciate the phone call, Ben, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you, thank you, sir. All right, uh, Tyler said the earlier uh, compliment to you, Kashin. Very excited to have you back. Appreciate your uh, enthusiastic <laughs> insights. Jill DeBeast uh, echoes the same thing. Appreciate that, uh, Jill. And yes, I, I did notice this. Next uh, Saturday is in Iowa City. I. Uh, when do they play in Lincoln? So they play in Lincoln on February February 11th. Okay. So, uh, but next Saturday will be tough back home. Nice to have a game back at home. And again, uh, a break in between games. Uh, J.M. Ramsey is a report about being sick. Uh, true. Uh, reportedly, that's, uh, we've, I've not listened to Jan Jensen or Lisa Bluter, but that's the, uh, that's the hubbub right now, the scuttlebutt. And so if that's the case, that does explain maybe some of the, uh, lethargic play out there, especially on the defensive end. Um, Devontae Fret, this is a, a thought I wanted to get your take on, Kashin. Going into any tournament, not losing allows players to get comfortable in their mistakes. Going into any tournament, not losing. I think maybe Devontae okay. meant losing. Like, actually experiencing... Like it's a good thing to lose so that you can learn from your mistakes is what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, do, Would you agree with that? I do. I think failure any failure is a good thing if you learn from it so you're able to look at this film and figure out where your weaknesses are fix those weaknesses and continue moving on for that sake um and i think that like i said we got exposed a little bit in some areas today so um i think from now yeah the film is a lot different after a loss than it is after a win 
All right, let's run through some stats here. Uh, the phone line's open. If you want to give us a call, 515-635-1601. There's also the StreamYard link in the description or the live chat. I'll throw it up in the live chat once again for anybody that missed it earlier. But uh, just a kind of a, a way of review as it relates to the box score. Let me uh, add this to our screen so people can get a good look at it. Caitlin Clark, 45, 7, and 3. Ended up with four fouls herself. Kate Martin, eight points on just three of nine from the field, seven boards with four fouls. Hannah Stolke fouled out of the game in the uh, overtime period, four of 12 from the field. Molly Davis was really the only player with the exception. You could argue Clark was efficient on just 25 shots, but six of seven from the field for Molly Davis, eight assists. She did not look sick. I thought she looked crisp. Is there an argument, Kasheen, to trying to get her more shots, or is it just kind of the way this offense function she's able to take what they give her i think that it's something they need to look at um it's a it's a toll on caitlin in general so if she's the one bringing the ball up if she's the one always being the full center of the offense taking a little bit of pressure off her when you can putting in some specific set plays for molly or something of the sort could be beneficial for sure Caitlin Clark, our RTI Threads player of the game, 45 points, 7 of 18 from 3. Maybe could have limited those 18 attempts to, as Kasheen said earlier, maybe 13 or 14. But, I mean, still not a terrible percentage in the, the no, level of difficulty of taking shots. Did you ever take shots from the logo? Did you even think about it? Uh, no, not, that's not <laughs> – I don't even think anybody did. <laughs> dumbest, that question was Corey, dumbest question Corey's asked all year. But I mean, what- yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember watching ESPN and a kid was shooting from the logo. I, I just, I don't, I don't, no, I don't recall that. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you were at Iowa, this is another random question. Wasn't the logo yeah. a lot smaller? Wasn't the Tiger Hawk logo a lot smaller? Wasn't it just a It looks the same logo? to me, if I'm being honest. Um, it was different. I thought it was a small Tiger Hawk right in the middle of the no. court. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It was a big tiger hawk. Um, dang, Corey, you trying to date me that far back? <laughs> Man, I think it's not. Was it, was it called? Here's a question. Was it called Mediacom Court when you were at Iowa? No. Oh, okay. That, so I that was, now we've dated you because I remember when they when they branded the court, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, but. I want to say, like, don't no, don't quote me now, but I'm pretty sure that was like almost right after I left. Because okay. I remember going back, I was like, "What is media? Wait a, wait a minute now." We, <laughs> but it was relatively probably like the year after the year, maybe two years after, something like that. But no, we still had a big tiger hawk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 40, 47 uh, combined foul calls made today, and um, you know, pretty even if you're just looking at the numbers straight up. Twenty three called on Ohio State. Twenty four called. On Iowa, and of course, doesn't tell the uh, full story of the game, but it is noteworthy that there were questionable calls on both ends yeah. during every period. And I mean, that's not what you want to see either, but it, at least yeah. it makes you feel like uh, <laughs> maybe you didn't not get a fair shake, if that makes sense. And um, what did you ever? And here's a question Did you ever get teed up as a Hawkeye? Yes. <laughs> To what what did you do? And Not did you often do though. Like it wasn't. I wasn't. It wasn't often. Multiple times. You got teed up multiple whole career. Times? Well, I'm just thinking, like, who gets teed up on Iowa besides Caitlin Clark? Like nobody else ever nobody gets. Teed. Nobody so got teed up except for me either. 
Okay, so <laughs> so why was it just you? What were you doing? I, I'm pretty sure that it was probably towards the ref. I remember getting hit in the face because a girl like squared up and I was like bleeding and they called the foul on me. I was very upset. So it was bluter. So <laughs> but yeah, I was I was very mad because I, I was just playing defense right at the top of the key and she just swung through to create space and clipped me right in the face. And I he called the foul on me. I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe it. So yeah, I I earned that one though. So that was fine. Is there somebody on this roster? And I know it'd be. I mean, my my first reaction is the way Caitlin Clark stacks her numbers is reminiscent yeah. to some of your stat lines at Iowa. Now she takes it to a, an extreme level, of course. But is there anybody on this team that reminds you of yourself when you watch your old tape back? Hannah, when she rebounds. Um, I remember last year watching her and I was like, that kid's got it as far as rebounds is concerned. Now that she's at the five position, I feel like her rebound has gone down tremendously. Um, it's like, remember I told you last time, it's a lot harder when you're down there battling in the post um, as far as rebounding is concerned. But she could fly in there and rebound a little bit. Um, Sydney Falter has my, I would say, how hard she plays. And her hustle. I mean, that kid's always on the floor. That was me. I was always yes. on the floor. So I would say, yeah, that also. I'm just like, okay, that kid, she she plays hard. Like, she plays hard. <laughs> One thing I noticed right. about Sydney, and she ended up with five boards today, five points, five boards. But she always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And there's got to be a skill to that, right? Like, that's. it seems like the same players repeatedly are in the right place at the right time. How do you do that? How do you develop that skill? that knack i honestly i think it's more of your basketball iq um and understanding what is happening in the play itself so that you're able to get yourself in the right position well she did it a couple times tonight and and i just was like wow i mean she's you know honestly plays a physical brand and as far as matchups are concerned um you know we'll we'll preview uh, in just a second we're going to kind of take an early look at nebraska team that you kind of warned us all about they are a talented team i would get some twice coming up and once on the road at Lincoln, they'll get them in Iowa city next Saturday. But as far as matchups, it seems like Ohio state's been a team, although Iowa beat them twice last year, Ohio state and sometimes Michigan, they struggle with maybe the physicality of the game. Um, Ohio state seems to be, I mean, I always equate it to kind of like Michigan state in on the men's side, like always physical, really athletic um, maybe Iowa's got a lot of skill, a lot of shooters, but they struggle. The Iowa men would always struggle going up against Michigan State. Could you say the same thing with, with the Ohio State women, just kind of how they're built? Um, yeah, Iowa I mean, going, going, Go going into this, I was worried because of their size. You know, um, what's her name? Terry? Terry? No. I can't remember her name. She didn't even play well. And she is, she can be a so a hard person to deal with. Um, Cody's always Cody's gonna be Cody. Cody reminds me of me. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. Cody reminds me of me. Her brute forceness, always on the glass. She loves contact. She's just an energizer everywhere she goes, no matter what. She's ready to do whatever they want her to do or need her to do, should I say? Um, so I was already nervous because I just felt like we didn't have anybody to match that. Um, With our height, 
I've said this before, in the guard position, uh, one through four, because really that's what we're playing. We're going to come up, come up against some really big teams. <laughs> um, and if we are not the aggressor, we're going to struggle. Ohio State is built in aggression. So with that being said, if we didn't match that, we were going to struggle. And we did not match that. Um, I think that's going to be our, what do they call it, Achilles heel going forward. Lisa brings up uh, Maryland. Um, hard to win at Maryland. I forgot about them, Lisa. Mm-mm, I ain't forget about them. Not at all. <laughs> they're always hard uh, to play anywhere they are. Now, they're, I think they're a little bit, um, de- not I want to say depleted, but they've taken a step right. back here. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's still Maryland, though. They're still Maryland. Um, perhaps some vulnerabilities there, but uh, Iowa does play them in College Park on Saturday, fe- uh, February 3rd. It's a Fox game once again at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, and um, they do not get Maryland. Let's see. Do, they do not get the Terrible this year. I don't think so, no. Uh, let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Kashin Alexander, who's on the line. Lemansky, Corey. Hey, Lemansky. I wanted to add to the to the show. I listened to post game. Lisa brought only out. Uh, Caitlin was the only player to be brought out. Uh, you know, it's it's really cool that Caitlin is so classy. Um, she talked about you know getting the wind knocked out of her. You know that it was it was fine that they rushed the court. We're so lucky to have a class act, other than maybe. Uh, some other really good basketball teams, not to mention the one down south that's kind of arrogant. Uh, we're lucky. And uh, Lisa, what's neat about Lisa Bluter, I know when we lose, we always say, well, it's coaching because we have such a great team. I think we're spoiled. We don't understand. Target on your back, being in, being in the top five all year, going to the what we did last year. And Bluter took a lot of responsibility. And I... I have a little bit of uh, bristling at people that take a shot at Bluter tonight. Um, she doesn't play. The other thing is you have to have a lot of times when you play great teams, which Ohio State is, you have to have three people perform at a high level. And, you know, we had Molly and we always have Caitlin. And we take a lot of shots at our inside play, but we're playing Hannah out of position. Uh, Goodman played my old Iowa conference, which is a small high school. Crestwood is only 3,500 people. So she played high school against a lot of people that, you know, they didn't play for Des Moines East or the old uh, urban basketball team. So uh, Jen Jensen will get her better. She'll, she'll get better. I think, I think we're going to, uh, cause Shane makes a good point is we have to have somebody step up other than Caitlin. We put so much on her back. I almost don't even want to be her. So those other players, Molly's done it lately. We have to have other players understand, like you get lazy and want Caitlin, you know, you just don't, you know, do as much as you could. But I think they understood from this loss is this loss is on everybody. And if you notice when Caitlin was passing, Teams are just going to shut her down with two or three people. And she made some great passes other people that had to score. And that was a big failing tonight. And Caitlin also said they weren't very aggressive. 
they weren't tough enough. She made a big point about they didn't come out and match the intensity of Ohio State. So I'll let you two comment on my uh, too long a comments. Kashin, anything to add to that? Um, I, yeah, I mean, you've reiterated a few things I've already said during this pod- podcast as far as um, us matching their intensity and just being stronger and physical and matching that with them. Um, I think that, yes, I agree that um, coaches don't play. However, they have to be able to help their team put them into a situation of success. Um, We were struggling. And the only other option we have is our coach. Um, Again, I think Lisa Bluter is an amazing coach. I'm never going to say anything bad about her in that aspect. But at the end of the day, there were some adjustments that needed to be made that were not made. Um, And I think that's where she's taking accountability um, because I think she realized and she's going to continue. She's going to go. She's going to watch the film on the plane. (laughs) So I know that she's going to see things and she's going to grow just like the players are going to grow. The coaches are going to grow. You can never stop learning um, in regards to certain situations that happen in the game and learning your team in those situations. So she's going to continue to grow from it. I have no doubts about that, but we'd be naive to not say that there were some coaching adjustments that needed to be made that were not. Um, our players, and I've talked about it, you know, like we need our, our, our surrounding cast to show up. Molly, love me some Molly. Molly and Caitlin Clark showed up today. We lost Kate. We lost Gabby. Hannah struggled. That doesn't, it's going to be hard to win. I'm even surprised that we even made it to overtime with how those three players were playing for us. If we're being honest, <laughs> um, which is a positive in its own right. Right. Because even with everybody struggling outside of those two, we were still in the game and had plenty of opportunities to win. So that is a positive that we can take. Um, I think from here on out, they're going to see, the coaches are going to see where our weaknesses are. And it is up to them now to implement certain situations, certain lineups, certain cases, so that if it happens again, we are prepared. That's all I got, Lemansky. <laughs> One of the things that I thought about by watching Bluter and Caitlin talk, they didn't mention it, but Caitlin described how they came at her pretty hard in regulation and she missed a shot. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't even had overtime if Hannah didn't hit one of her two free throws. Very true. And I like people to remember that. Cause I think she's doing the best she can. Thanks she for your is. time. I'll other people call the show. Cause Shane, your insights. I hope you coach, uh, get back into, get back to coach someday. Cause I think you'd be a great coach. Thanks for doing the show. You're so welcome. Have a good one. Can I just say, uh, this needs to be brought up, overtime numbers, six possessions for, or I should say six possessions where there were shots attempted for Ohio State. They scored Mm -hmm. on all six possessions in overtime. Five of six from the field in overtime, but the one miss resulted in an offensive rebound. Um, One one Iowa player scored in overtime, and that was Caitlin Clark. Um, So... I mean, collectively, those numbers are just, I mean, how do you win 
Um, and then Caitlin yeah. Clark went one of four from three in overtime. Nine points in OT for Caitlin, and um, two of eight uh, in that quarter as a whole. Kate Martin was zero for two. Um, Addison O'Grady was zero for one. Like I said earlier, uh, Hannah Stolke fouled out a couple minutes into the period. Uh, Molly Davis, she kind of just disappeared. I, I mean, she, her. I don't know if part of the issue with Molly sometimes maybe not getting more shots up when she's actually playing really well and, and playing efficiently on the offensive end. Is some of that the size issue? I hate to bring that up, but like, isn't it harder for her to force the issue at her size at this level as opposed to maybe at Central Michigan? You know, I'm going to bring something up. I think that when Hannah gets in foul trouble, it affects her game a lot. Um, she was playing well. <laughs> and then she picked up her second, and it was like she had to sit for a while. Um, and every time, I, every time that happens, I notice that she kind of takes a pretty big dip. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's just – I'm not sure what's causing it, but it's something I've noticed. Like she really struggles. Um, when she's able to stay on the floor, she provides good minutes for us. But every time she gets her second foul, like early, for whatever reason, there's like a pretty big dip. And I don't know that that definitely has to be addressed in regards to her. Is it a mental thing for her? Is she getting down on herself? What is she talking to herself? Is it negative thoughts? Like, what is it? Um, but yeah, she was running the floor. We were getting wide open layups. It was great. And then she picked up her second and it just taped. Um, so I think that's something that affects her. And like I said before, I think Hannah needs to find a different way to be in the offense. Don't stand on the block. It's not helping you. Stand a couple feet off in the short corner, you know, a little bit higher in the paint so that you can use your athletic ability for these bigger post players. You're playing into their game, trying to go back to the basket. <laughs> That's not helping you. Um, so I think that it's, it's a two-part for her. I don't know what is causing the dip after her second foul, but also I don't think she's in the right position. And when I say right position, I'm not talking 5-4. That's not what I'm talking about. You could still be, quote-unquote, the five because you're guarding a five, that should not change you offensively. If I'm truly a four position, I should be a four on offense, meaning I am off of the block, wherever that is. It's also a big area, but I should be off of the block and operating within that. I think right now we're literally treating Hannah as a five, which doesn't make sense to me. I don't think she should be treated like that. She's guarding a five, but offensively she should be a four. Iowa led by seven entering the fourth quarter today, and uh, Ohio State shot 63% in the fourth quarter and out-rebounded the Hawks by a final tally in that quarter, 9-5, to five, very significant. And um, knock on Hannah Stolke, but she was one of four on heading into the back end of a very important free throw, but ended up tying the game. I'll give Hannah credit for making that free throw. She has struggled at the line. She's got to mm -hmm. get in the gym and work on – her free throws. It's much better than last year. I don't think she would have made none of them last year. I mean, that was like, I mean, her free throws last year were, it was hitting the boom, like hard. Like This year you can see she's worked on it, but she's got to continue doing it. Whatever she was doing this summer, that needs to continue into her routine every day.
whatever that was, it needs to continue. Before we finish off with a quick look at Nebraska, want to give another plug to Iowa Smokehouse and their great snacking products and uh, barbecue sauces, salsas, everything they offer is great. It's an Iowa company down in Albia. Shop now at iowasmokehouse.com and use the code Hawkeyes to celebrate college basketball season and support this show and support an Iowa brand that's been around a long, long time. Again, the code Hawkeyes at iowasmokehouse.com. I uh, also want to thank RTI Threads. Mentioned them earlier. Cooper DeGene, his apparel line available. RTIthreads.com and CD3LacesUp.com. More athletes being added to uh, this lineup on a month-to-month basis. Check it all out at RTIthreads.com. So I want to get to Iowa and Nebraska because you have about a, oh, what, a uh, five-day hiatus. And then you get another weekend game, 1 p.m. on BTN. It's going to be a raucous environment, this time in Carver. It's a rivalry game. Um, Nebraska's dangerous. This is the first uh, of two matchups for the Hawks and the Huskers this year. What can you tell us based on what you've seen from Nebraska, Kashin, and why do they worry you? Um, funny enough, I feel – well, number one, Nebraska is very well coached. I know her very well. <laughs> When I was coaching at NDSU, she was the coach at um, University of South Dakota. So I know her very well. She's a fantastic coach. So she is going to have those girls ready to go. Um, and I hope when I say this is the best way I can say it. Nebraska is exactly what they are. Big corn fed girls. They are coming. They all know how to shoot. They all know how to play well within each other. Amy has a very good job, uh, does a very good job of um, creating offenses that spread you out thin. Um, So that makes me a tad bit nervous (laughs) only because you're talking about another team who shoots the ball well. Um, And with that being said, if we're not shooting the ball well, threes and twos, threes, Equal more points. (laughs) Um, And on top of that, Nebraska doesn't like us. So if you jumble all that up together, they're going to come ready to play. They played us well last year at home, if I remember correctly. Um, So I just feel like Nebraska, this, this would be the perfect game for them to get their season moving. Alexis uh, Markowski brings size. She brings skill at six foot three, uh, leads the team in scoring at 17 points a game, is averaging a double double with 10 boards. Jazz Shelley, another experienced guard uh, for the Huskers, averaging 12 and four. Natalie Potts is averaging 11 and six. Um, pretty balanced attack for Nebraska. And I'm just looking at their uh, recent uh, schedule. What's the, um, the post player's name? Um... Markowski. Oh, yes. Yeah. She, that she's could tough. be a problem she's, for us. she's really good. <laughs> she, she brings real size. She she's, does. And she can shoot the three, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So yep. So that that's a that's gonna be an interesting one. And and you know, when you stretch out someone like Sharon Goodman, Addison O'Grady, how does that affect you? I mean, um, that should be an interesting matchup. And again, they're going to get him twice. They'll get him in Carver next week. And how about this? Lisa in the chat said that uh, seats against for the Maryland game are selling it, or at least being sold 
at $1,565 a ticket on StubHub. Well, I don't know if StubHub, one of these secondhand uh, ticket sites. I'm just curious to see what tickets are like. You want to take a guess, machine at tickets for the Nebraska game? I, <laughs> I feel like it's going to make my stomach hurt, but go ahead. I think it will. Uh, let's see. Um, best, I'm looking at the, okay, best price. Let's go by, uh, yeah, let's go cheapest price. Uh, cheapest tickets right now on StubHub are 187 each. And, that and where is, are those tickets at? That's like way up end zone corner in Carver. 187. And let's see, highest tickets, best view. Let's sort of buy. There are there is a ticket available, two tickets seated together in section A, which is basically midfield. Yeah. Eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred? That's what they have it listed at right now on StubHub. You know what? Good for us, women's basketball. You know, Great. good for Great. us. Because, I mean, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I can only be happy. And hopefully that translates to the WNBA. That's our all final, I can say. Our final caller of the game. Thank you for calling our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Who's on the line? Hey, Machine, this is John. Hey, John. Hi. Hi. Um, Kashin, we seem to struggle to have uh, players in position for offensive rebounds. Is that because of the offense that we run? It's basically perimeter oriented. No, yes, no, and yes and no. <laughs> Only because we ran a four out when I was there. It just comes down to hustle and heart, and who wants to do it, and also being in shape to do it. So there's that. Um, I don't think. I think Kate has got to do a much better job of crashing at all the time. She, she doesn't have a choice. You're our starting four position. You don't have a choice, but to be in there every time. Um, that's the, uh, that's the other issue. You've got Molly starting at the two and then you got Gabby. Gabby doesn't, she doesn't rebound. Um, so we're already behind the eight ball just based off of who we start. Lisa Bluter, to me, seems like one of the most even-keeled persons I've ever seen. Uh, does she ever lose it, like in practice, and get after the players when they're not doing it right? Yes. <laughs> she did when I was there, so I'm assuming she still does now. <laughs> who's more Who's more of a uh, that type of voice? Is it the head coach, Lisa? If, if somebody, you know, maybe is not giving max effort or somebody just needs to uh, be gotten after, so to speak, is it? Bluter or is it Jan Jensen? Is it Fitz? It depends on it depends on a few things. One, what part of practice are we in? And so what I mean by that is like, are we in our have we break broken up into our positions? Or have we are we in like a team thing? Coach Bluter is more of the as you would say, <laughs> the person that's gonna get on you, right? Coach Jensen has more of a different approach. It depends on the situation, but she has more of a different approach. She's more of the somebody sub her out, come here scenario. Um, Coach Fitz was coaching when I was there. So Coach Fitz is, is, is a little quieter, but when she does talk, you listen because she doesn't waste what she's saying. Um, So yeah, Coach Booter is definitely going to get after you. She does not like, selfish basketball she does not like laziness 
Um, and she does not like rebounding. It's the first thing she she talks about. Every stat sheet is the first thing she looks at is rebounding. So that's a very important thing for her. At uh, the three-point line, we seem like we sag off people on the three-point line, and they can about get an open shot at any time. Is that just my imagination? I wouldn't say it's your imagination because clearly the stats are backing you up. Um, I, today's a tough one, right? Because Ohio State in general averages six, seven, eight threes a game. They had seven made threes in the first half. <laughs> so that in itself told you right then and there, they were shooting at a different kind of clip than they do normally. Uh, and people have that, you know, uh, where they're shooting better in, uh, from one game to the other. So they were definitely shooting at a higher clip than they, they normally do. Um, but we've got to make a decision. And honestly, I think Coach Bluter needed to pick her poison. Or that's what I feel like she felt. Where do we guard inside or do we guard outside? Because you can't have both. Not with how small we are. We had to figure out, are we going to stop Cody McMahon from being uh, an animal inside? And she started, what did you say? What for 15? What did you say? Five of 15 at one point. Okay. So we were stopping her from doing that. And then they started hitting threes. So what happened? We transitioned out to try to stop them from shooting threes. And then we let Cody do whatever she was doing down there. So you had to pick your poison and just hope for the best, if we're being honest. And unfortunately for us, they had both things going today. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, Lomansky, appreciate the super chat. Thought I should pay to listen to Kasheen. <laughs> Lomansky. Appreciate what that. exactly does Tyler Vincent mean by what he just said? Because I'm trying to figure out what Tyler that is. Uh, let's see here. Where is Tyler Vincent's? Oh, it's, uh, what so is he, uh, Caitlin Clark is becoming her own economy. Uh, we're talking about the whole ticket yeah, price. Thing. You're right about that. It's, it's, it is. Uh, Isn't it fascinating, though? It, it is. It's, it's mind-boggling and fascinating. Yeah. It's, um, it's fascinating. Goyola 34. Kashim, what do you think of Lisa not calling timeouts toward the end of the game, especially when there is a minute left? Are we talking about overtime or are we talking about before? I'm assuming he's talking about overtime when the game was kind of getting away from him there at the end, I um, assume. Uh, my guess is she already knew. Going to be honest with you. I, I, I knew right up in the first 45 seconds of that overtime <laughs> that yeah. it was over. So I think for her, that's probably why. You normally call timeouts and try to strategize when you feel like there's a chance. Kashin, do you have plans to go back to Iowa City at all this this season? No. So next, I haven't exactly. But next, I know next season I'm going for um, alumni weekend. I do know that. Um, but no, I haven't this for this. No, I have not. I saw oh. them in Charlotte, so I got my fix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what a, what a treat that had to have been. And against a really great. good team. It was fantastic. Uh, Ohio State defeating Iowa this evening, folks, uh, inside. What's that? Value City Arena. Is that what it's called over in Columbus? I think that's what it's called. 
Um, 192 in overtime. The Hawkeyes will be back on the court next Saturday against Nebraska. The Nebraska uh, Huskers actually lost today to Penn State. Both teams will have equal amount of rest and recovery time to get suited up for a big-time game on Big Ten Network next Saturday. And uh, if anybody is interested in supporting the show through Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Super Chats, please do that. That's in the description. Our sponsors are also listed. I do appreciate that in advance. And uh, most importantly, Kashin, appreciate you being here. You are a delight to do the show. Late notice, right? (laughs) I've told you this. I've told you this several times. You're welcome back anytime. Um, So please don't be a stranger. And uh, we'll get you back on here soon. Anything else to add that we missed? Um, the only thing I would say is don't stress guys. Um, we, the big 10 is this big 10 is what I'm going to say. I'm not saying previous, this big 10 has a lot of, we have your good team, like really good teams, right? You got Iowa, you got Indiana, you have Ohio state, right? But there are a lot of middle teams that are very, very dangerous. Michigan State, Penn State's about to be dangerous. Nebraska's dangerous. There are a lot of teams in that little area right there that are Illinois can be dangerous. You have it, it's gonna get dicey. <laughs> Trust me. One, because a win over Iowa helps your resume for the tournament. There's, there's a whole math with that that I'm not going to get into because that'll take forever. But your win over Iowa means so much more for your resume come tourney time, come seeding time, coming to even if you're on the bubble. Like, so they're going to play Iowa a whole way different, not just because, you know, oh, my God, it's Iowa and Caitlin Clark and all that other stuff. That's great and all. But for seeding, we're talking about we're getting into February now. Yes, RPIs. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, like it is huge. So coming into that, these there's a lot of teams on the bubble. So when Iowa comes to town or they come into Iowa City, they're trying to get a win because it will help them and push them into the tournament, which is everybody's goal. So don't stress. <laughs> okay, same thing goes for Ohio State and Indiana. They're not exempt from this whole RPI thing. But do not stress. Whoever wins the Big Ten is probably going to have three losses, maybe four. So relax. We're all right. <laughs> Mine uh, here in the chat. Put her on staff talking about Kashim. Uh, I I would graciously ask that Iowa not put her on staff simply because <laughs> then she wouldn't be able to be on this show. And we had the pleasure <laughs> of having Tania Davis on last year for a few shows during postseason play. And then what do you know? Offseason comes, they hire her. Season before that, we had Matt Gatons on with Coach Close and I, and then the men's program hired him. So it's like, uh, oh, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> I know this is a huge launching pad for your, your negative 19 squad. degrees has no interest for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hey, it's no interest for me either. And I'm still here. No still Anyways, I love my hogs though, but whoo, that hurt my soul. <laughs> yeah, it does it does mine as well. So all right, folks, for Kashina Alexander, I'm Corey Bradder from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Join me throughout the week ahead. We've got men's basketball coverage along with football coverage, live shows, podcasts, all kinds of stuff. As always, we'll talk to you next week.